everybody. Welcome to Date Card Podcast. I'm your lovely host, Jenna Vesper, and I am riding solo again tonight, um, mostly just because it's really hot and gross in Portland, and everyone's really tired, and I don't really blame them. I'm kind of tired, too. But I am dedicated as fuck to this franchise and to basically wasting four hours of my week to the show. <laughs> Although tomorrow I do have a very special guest coming with me um, as an internet friend I have yet to meet, but I am excited to have them over to watch it, so stay tuned for a really fun podcast recording tomorrow night. Um, but as for tonight, you're stuck with me, bitches, and honestly, I think you like it. I think you do. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, because I'm... I'm, I'm good. I'm funny. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, so, tonight's episode of Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, heavens. It was weird. You know, like, at the end of it, I was kind of like, this was a boring episode. I'm not sure, like, I really have, you know, any moments that I'm just like, oh, shit, I have to talk about this on the podcast. But then, when I'm looking back at my notes, I also see that, like, a lot happened. So in some ways, I guess it wasn't really a boring episode because a lot of stuff did happen. A lot of mixing and matching with butts. A lot of, you know, um, there was a good amount of drama, I guess, but there was points where I was like, this is a little predictable, or I don't know, the just wasn't like that certain something, you know, that certain something drama. There's a lot of like, I don't know, basic drama, like, oh no, now one person has two or three people to choose from, what will they do? And that, that is definitely interesting, because there were a couple times where I was like, I genuinely don't know who this person's going to pick, but I also kind of was easy to zone out at times. Um, but you know what? Let's fucking get into it. So, episode opens up with kind of the leftover of last week's drama with Chris kissing Crystal while an hour before that he was like dedicating himself to Tia and so Colton tells Tia that he heard that Chris kissed Crystal and Tia's like not having it obviously and she comes and (laughs) it's pretty great she walks over to him and he's sitting there with Jordan and Chris is sitting with Jordan they're just like shooting the shit being super gross bros and Tia's like, uh, we need to talk. And then Chris just goes, oh no. <laughs> like, oh no. Oh, oh no. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, dude. Oh no is right. Like, you fucking shithead. So she pulls him aside and she's like, what's the deal? I heard you were kissing Crystal like an hour after I went to bed. And then, like, good on her. She's like, it's fine. Like, we're not, like, committed and married or anything. So, like, you can kiss other women. That's fine. But, like, you did spend an hour looking in my eyes telling me that if somebody else offered you a date card, you wouldn't take it and that you were really, really into me and that you were going to, like, throw yourself into our relationship. And so, so, like, on some levels, like, you were kind of giving me the commitment vibes, but then you go and literally kiss another woman, like, just minutes later. So, he does some of the douchiest things I've ever seen. He tries to gaslight the fuck out of Tia. It is 
One of the most like obvious attempts of gaslighting and manipulation that I've seen on this show in a long time. And he's just like, she's like, so it's just confusing to me why you would say you'd want to be with me but then go kiss another woman. And he's just like, no, no, I am into you. You're totally not understanding the situation. She's like, wait, no, 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 I am understanding it. You kissed another girl. He's like, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I kissed another girl, but I still like you. I'm still here for you, and I'm not going to accept a, a date card from anybody else. But I definitely kiss a girl, but I'm still here for you. And she's like, yeah, but that doesn't really jive with what I'm looking for and, like, what you told me. And he's like, yeah, you're just not seeing it, <laughs> basically. And then one point she goes, he goes, I really, uh... I really do like you. And she goes, mm, I don't really, like, believe you. And then he says, well, that's just how you feel. And it's like, but he said in a way that was, like, condescending her and being like, well, you feel incorrectly when you feel that I'm lying to you. That's gaslighting, everybody. If you didn't know the definition of it, now you do. She says... The way you're making me feel doesn't feel good. And he replies with, well, that's an incorrect feeling. Like, you feeling bad about what I've done to you is not the correct way to feel about it. And you should feel only good things by the shitty behavior that I'm, you know, laying upon you. And that's not okay. Luckily, um, Tia he's pretty much through it, which is kind of surprising considering the ways in which she is a little dense to relationships and people. Um, and then all of a sudden Crystal comes in and they have like this little like threesome conversation about stuff and Crystal is just like digging it. She loves the drama and she's a hundred percent like just like goo goo gaga for this fucking douchebag named the goose and is like I don't really want to like you know, cause any drama or take take anybody away, but like Chris, you know, I want to get to know you for sure, blah de blah, and I really like to suck on pacifiers, and somebody needs to change my diaper. Anyway, whatever. I'm not shitting on adult babies because they can be cool and like I'm not kink shaming anybody, but like oh my god, the baby voice. So then, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Tia's like, okay, she tells both of them, she's like, okay, well, just so you know, though, this love triangle is not really a triangle anymore, because I'm, like, removing myself from the situation, and Chris goes, oh, well, yeah, I had already decided that, and she's like, wait, decided what? He's like, that this wasn't gonna happen anymore. She's like, when did you decide that this wasn't gonna happen anymore? And he says, oh, bef shortly before you brought me over for this conversation, and I'm just like, what? During the first part of the conversation, he was literally saying, but I like you and I want to be with you. Like, he, I don't, does anyone not just want to, like, throw their TV on the ground during this scene? Like, he's like, I want to be with you. And then, like, ten minutes later, he's like, no, I decided before this conversation that I wasn't going to be with you anymore. What a manipulative piece of shit. And you know what he's been fucking doing? He's blocking everybody on this, he's been blocking other podcasts that I follow. He just turned his Twitter to private. Um, like, deleted it even, because I was following him, so I don't think... And I wasn't even tweeting at him, so I don't think he blocked me specifically. 
Because, like, earlier today I saw tweets from him saying, like, oh, the block button is my best friend. But I don't think I'm going to have to do some more research. But it looks like he just, like, deleted his Twitter. Because people were probably coming for him. Because that is some fucking manipulative bullshit right there. Oh, my God. I can't handle it. Okay, well, and then it basically chills out for a minute, and then Tia and Colt. So Tia is like, goes and starts talking to basically anyone who has two ears and will listen to her about how now she's really realized that Chris, now that Chris is gone, that she really just really wants to be with Colt, and then we're just like, oh my god, fucking make up your mind. But, I mean, in hindsight, maybe she never really was, like, over Colton. And this whole thing was just, you know, a waste of all of our fucking time. But I'm not angry. No, I'm not angry at all. <laughs> anyway. She's basically telling everyone what we already knew, which is that she's just into Colton. But she doesn't know how to say it. Blah, blah, blah. But she really just wants to talk to him. And then as she goes up to talk to him to kind of like tell him that she's a little into him, dun dun dun, who comes into fucking paradise but the dark beauty of, uh, dark haired beauty of Jacqueline. Jacqueline is from Ari Susan, if you don't recall, and, um, she is like this real smart brunette from New York. Um, is pretty sassy and gray, and she went pretty far <clears throat> on Ari's season. They went to Paris, France, I believe, and ultimately she was way too good for Ari because, duh. But now she's on Paradise, so she comes through and she's like, oh, I want to be with Colton, which is kind of weird because, like, I, I, I'm not really trying to shit on Colton too much. I know I shit on him a lot, but, like, I don't necessarily see that the two of them, like, vibing together in a way that's, like, mutually, you know, chemistry-filled. But she's like, I want to take Colton out. And then Tia, like, loses her goddamn mind. She's, like, running around crying. And is like, I can't take it anymore. I just... Okay, can I do a southern accent? She's like, y'all... Y'all, I just can't, I just can't take this no more. I just can't do this by, by golly frogs. I just can't deal with this, you know, jumping Jehoshaphat. I don't know if I did a decent impression. Y'all, y'all, I, I know I've been indecisive, but he, he can't be indecisive. That's not how it works. Mm, yeehaw. Um... And basically, Jacqueline takes Colton over and goes, hey, want to go, like, make out on this date? And then Colton says no, which was really, like, what? Okay, what? But it's like, okay, look at this. Like, clearly you're still in Tia or something. I mean, honestly, I think he's looking for a redemption arc more than anything. I feel like... I, and I actually have zero, zero, zero spoilers on this because I haven't looked online. So this is just purely, purely speculation. 100% not a spoiler. I just think that they're probably, him and T are going to end up, and then they'll just date for a little bit, and then they'll break up in some grand 
you know, dramatic way on Instagram for, like, all the world to see. And then he will make his attempt at being The Bachelor because he's been now, like, dumped twice and um, publicly. And America will be like, oh, poor Colton. Ooh, he likes dogs. I'm just so fucking sick of this guy. Again, I don't think he's a bad dude. I'm just bored by him and like bored by his attempt to persuade American women that we should love him because he has blonde hair, blue eyes, broad shoulders, and likes dogs. Like, I swear to God, it's not, it's not as if I can't find a man like that literally anywhere in this fucking country. Um, so he's not selling me something that is a hot commodity, something that's like, you know, in demand and not enough of. And then like, yeah, he helps like children with disabilities, but it's, he just rubs it in our face. I was looking at his fucking profile the other day and he has two Instagram accounts for his dogs, two separate ones for his dogs, but he hasn't posted any new content on those pages. But he still tags them and goes like, hey, check out my dog's profiles. But there hasn't been content in, like, months. And then he also has a separate fourth Instagram page that's just Colton Underwood likes dogs. And that's, like, the Instagram page. And the page is just, the, the, the bio is, like, an Instagram page dedicated to Colton and his passion for dogs. And it's just various photos of him with dogs. Like, really? Really? Really. This is what we're doing right now. We're going to have a fucking entire Instagram page dedicated to a hot man hugging dogs. Oh my god. I sound like a, such a fucking bitch and I'm sure everyone's like, we like guys that like dogs. But like, it's too much and it seems forced. If you love dogs, just love dogs. Why do you have to throw it in my fucking face all the time? I don't care. Just like them, you know? Is that so hard? Is that so fucking hard to just like a dog? Ugh. You don't have to post about it all the time. God damn it. Why does it... Anyway, okay. So, T and Colton have a talk after he turns Jacqueline down, and the talk is one of the most confusing things I've seen in a long time. Nothing comes from it other than they're just like... It's like the same conversation they had before where... He's just like, I like you, but I don't have it in me to, like, dedicate myself to you, so I just am going to say that I like you, but I should probably go home. And she's, which is, like, literally what he said two episodes ago. And then she goes, but I like you, but I'm not, but I just want you to know, like, I'm here for love, marriage. And he's just like, yeah, I don't want to hurt you. And so this brings up a good point, because in some ways, as much as I just shit all over Colton, I respect the dude for not wanting to, like, hurt this person. And he, I think deep down in his heart, he knows that if he commits to her for a period of time, it doesn't work out, she's going to be very hurt by that. And he is smart enough to know that saying yes to her will lead down the line to some pretty harsh, you know, like, heartbreak. Because I think in his heart of hearts, he knows that she's not, like, his, you know, soulmate or whatever, the person he's gonna marry, so it's just gonna hurt her, 
and he doesn't want to do that. But, like, the other point of that is that relationships hurt and, like, whatever. And she's already been hurt enough. Or, like, she's already been hurt to some extent. So, like, let her have her own autonomy and, like, want to be in this relationship. If she wants to be in the relationship and get hurt, then that's her prerogative. And, you know, I mean, I just, I kind of see where it can be a little tricky for him to figure out, like, what the right thing to do is if he does like her, but he's just, like, I don't think she's the one, but he could love her for a period of time. But, like, I think even she would be fine with that on some level if she just, like, let it be, you know? I think she's focusing way too much on having an engagement ring and a wedding. I think that's a little unhealthy, but I guess this is the show that we are on. So, Jacqueline takes Kenny out instead, and they go on a really boring date. And she laughs a lot. Too much, really. I don't think she knows what she's laughing at. Which is kind of weird. Um, boring date. Bye. Okay, they kiss. Whatever. Um, but then, when Kenny gets back, Annalise, who has had, like, no luck at all in Paradise, and they're really doing this person dirty, and making her look like she is desperate as fuck, um, is, like, Kenny's my only option. So she brings Kenny aside, and she's just, like, just does a weird monologue about how she just really likes him as a friend but like she hopes that maybe they can be more than friends but I don't know I just respect you I just respect you blah 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 it was really weird Kenny had to like lean in and give her a kiss and he does and it's pretty cute but not before Kenny like just sits there and he's like hey before you keep talking I'm just gonna go ahead and take my shirt off because it's really hot out here and I'm really hot and it's like Kind of a cheesy line, but he laughs, and you can tell he's kind of making fun of himself, so I'm into it. Um, so Annalise and Kenny kiss, and it's a pretty nice kiss, and I think that in some ways he really appreciated her, um, you know, ability to be a little real and awkward and genuine and kind of like, uh embrace the awkwardness. I think he is, as much as he is kind of like performative with his romanticism, I think he actually really genuinely would like somebody like Annalise who is a little like slower and a little chill versus somebody like a Crystal or even a uh, Jacqueline, you know, who are women who are really like forward, which are great qualities in a woman. I'm a very forward person. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Then, let's see here, uh, we go on to the John portion of the, the night, and John from Venmo, Venmo is the man of the hour, um, in multiple ways. Um, he has, uh, Caroline interested in him, he has, um, and he has, um, Caroline and Jubilee, and they both are on dates with him, they both feel like they really have a connection with him. I'm so sorry. Mm. This episode was boring. Um, basically, he John has to pick pick which one he's more interested in, and they both make an attempt for his uh, you know, heart and his affections and his rose, but it basically doesn't really go anywhere because, well, it goes somewhere. It's just that he kind of goes, he kind of engages with both of them, which is a little shitty, um, but, I mean, it is paradise, and he really does need to kind of, like, fill out his, um, connections with people, and that is what is, 
that is what happens on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Like, if we just imagine John was The Bachelor in a real regular season of The Bachelor, he would be, of course, kissing all these different girls, so, and telling them the same thing. Like, I, I have a connection with you, I see things with you, and then go to another girl and say, like, the same thing. So, if you put it in that light, it's, like, kind of makes sense. But it feels weirdly dirty when you're in paradise. Because you see them... Well, because there's... Ah, I don't know why it's different. Can anyone describe why it seems different that way? I don't know. It is hard to watch. And honestly, I like both of them with him to an extent. Um, I think Annalise is sweet and has pure intentions. And I think Jubilee is... Uh... Wait, no, I'm sorry. Caroline. Oh my god. There's too many people in this show. I think Caroline has pure intentions and is sweet, but she's a little boring. Jubilee has pure intentions and she's a little less boring because she's just, she just is less boring. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. Basically, Crystal and Chris are now just uh, inseparable for some reason and it's really gross. Um, I did miss a part earlier where Crystal kind of freaks out because after Tia goes by Chris and Chris is like, you know, totally don't let the door hit you on your way out. He like looks at Crystal and she's like, okay, so are we going to be together now? And he's like, um, yeah, sure, but I'm going to go get some fucking shots at the bar. And then she freaks out because she's like, why won't he prioritize our relationship over drinking? And it's like, yeah, good point, Crystal. Maybe you shouldn't go after the major douchebag in the fucking situation. So that was not really great. And then, but then all of a sudden they have the conversation later and it's like, he's like, he just, he just says a bunch of garbage or a bunch of lines about, you know, uh, really being there for her and that sometimes things have to implode for stuff to like come together and he just really, you know, wants to be with her and don't worry about the rose ceremony you got my rose and she's like ha, ha, ha I am so into this person and I think they just treat me really well even though he'd been like not treating her well for like a full 24 hours but whatever and then it is all of a sudden cuss this scene <clears throat> where Tia and Colton walk over to a palapa and they have this conversation where Colton oh okay so I guess I should backtrack a little bit Bibiana is talking to both Tia and Colton and there's like a bunch of scenes where she's kind of talking to both of them and giving them like this heart to heart and she's like yeah Tia like this is your man like I hope you get with him and so then Bibiana goes to Colton and is like you know she starts basically doing like a rendition of like Kelly Clarkson's like a moment like this some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this Some people search forever For that one special kiss Oh, I can't believe It's happening to me Some people wait a lifetime For a moment like this Thank you. That was beautiful. I'm sure you guys loved it. Um, <laughs> fuck, I love that song. I just want to keep singing it. <laughs> wow. Kelly Clarkson. Shout out to you, bitch. Um, 
But she's just kind of like, Colton, some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this, and you're wasting it, you piece of shit. Why don't you take your fucking hand off this dog and go pet Tia? She can be a dog. Tia's your new dog. Oh my god, I just thought of that right now, and that makes me kind of sad and also happy that, like, Tia's the perfect dog for him. She is so loyal to him. Just, here's your new dog, Colton. She's a good girl. Now you be a good boy. Good boy that loves good boys and loves good girls, and she's your new good girl. So he goes over to her, and they pull over to the Palapa, and he's just like, you know what, I think I realize as much as I, like, hee-haw, I'm unsure about everything, I ultimately do think that you and I owe it to each other. I hate when people say that. You owe it to each other. Shit, you don't owe me fucking shit, boy. You and me owe each other the decency to, like, give this thing a real shot. And she, you can just see her face, like, twitching. She's just like... It's like whiplash. She has a fucking whiplash. Somebody should send a fucking medic down to the beach because she has whiplash. And so they, he says that and she's just like, oh my god, hey, please, I love you. Okay. Well, she doesn't say I love you, but it's just like, it's intense. And then all of a sudden it pans out and her like legs are like wrapped around him basically and then they like kiss and they like are together and then everyone from the bar is like is that Tia and Colton over there kissing? And that cues the moment when Tia just like breaks away from a kiss from Colton she just screams out in the air like this victory call just like I did it! And then everyone's like okay great <laughs> you did it. And then that is the beginning of Whatever the fuck is going to happen with them. She says this line about how I'm the most happy woman in Mexico. And I'm like, wow. What privilege. <laughs> also, that makes me worried that the producers are going to try to fuck with her. Because you never say shit like that. Like, I'm the most happy I've ever been. Because they're going to fuck with you later. So, we'll see how that happens. Um, now... Let's see here, Kevin, oh, I guess we're going to go into the rose ceremony, and it is, there's a lot of couples that are together, we have Kevin and Astrid, Angela and Eric, Joe and Kendall, um, and then we get Jordan and Jenna. Okay, so Jordan's wearing this amazing outfit that looks like something Wills would wear, and it is a full like pants and vest combo that is like a red floral situation. You guys have seen the pictures. You get it. You know what's happening. It's a pretty amazing outfit. Everyone comments on it. Blah de blah de blah. But it is pretty dope and he looks amazing in it. Although he does walk very strange the entire episode when he's wearing it. So I wonder if it was like really too tight or he had a butt plug in. Which honestly is great. I wish more people would wear butt plugs in their butts while they are just kind of going around their business. So, that might have been the case for the reason that he was walking so strange. So, he hangs out with Jenna, and he, th oh my god, Jordan is smitten for this woman. Smitten. And he is just goo over this person. She's like, hey, I know you really like me, so I'm just gonna be silly and not serious. Can you do some walks for me? And so he does some model walks, and he's really cute, and I'm like, I love Jordan. And then he walks away, and then David comes into the fucking picture again. 
fucking sun got off for a reason, even though he's been flirting and talking to Chelsea. It's like, he, he literally, the, the producers and him are like, okay, um, it's been about five hours since I fucked with De uh, Jordan, so I'm just gonna go ahead and fuck with him now, and then you guys can start the timer over again, and I'll fuck, you know, fuck with him again in five hours. So he goes over to Jenna and brings her this very oversized, large dog, stuffed dog, and he's like, it's a birthday gift, even though her birthday was like two days ago, and he already gave her a cake, so it's like, it had no, it was so dumb, and Jenna is being forced to, like, play along with the producers, and she's like, yeah, I think yeah, David's nice, and blah, 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 but clearly she's just fucking drunk, <laughs> to be honest, and they're talking, and they're talking about, with the big stuffed dog, and all of a sudden, one of the best scenes I've ever seen in the entirety of any of the shows, it's so beautiful, I mean, it's aggressive, but it's beautiful. So, they're sitting on the palapa, there's the dog, there's David, there's Jenna, and Jordan just comes out of nowhere from this grassy background. He appears out of nowhere. He comes over, doesn't say a single thing to either of them, grabs the stuffed dog by the head, and just walks away, dragging it in the sand. Dragging it in the sand. For quite a distance, until he finally reaches the ocean where the waves are coming up, puts the dog on the ground and kind of strangles the dog. He, like, straddles it and strangles it. But it's a huge dog, so it's like, no, I mean, whatever. And then he takes the dog and he throws it in the ocean. And then he just walks away from it. Doesn't even, like, look at what he did. He walks away and he just walks and just goes up to the bar. And everyone's like, oh my god, did he just do that entire thing without saying a single word to anybody? And it was also so awkward watching him just drag it for such a long, 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 long distance that it had become awkward, obviously. Like, he probably was hoping the ocean was sooner or closer, but it was quite a distance. And Jenna's not very pleased with it, but she eventually, like, gets over it. It's not a big deal. And then, uh... But then David's still, sorry, Jordan is still really pissed off and at David fucking with him. So he goes and he's hanging out with all the other people and then I guess Chelsea and Jubilee are kind of laughing at him a little bit and making him feel like egged on, which is like fine. He's acting like a fucking idiot. I would egg the fuck of him on, you know, I would be like making fun of him. I would be saying shit to him because he just acted like a child. And he does not like being egged on though. So then he curses at them and he says... You guys don't have any fucking idea what you're talking about. Stop talking. He's like, shut the fuck up. And everyone's like, wow. Because you don't talk to women like that. Even when you're mad, okay? So he storms away and walks really weird because I think his butt plug fell loose. And then Eric and Annalise come over and are like, don't be a fucking shithead, dude. Like, come on now. Don't curse at women like this. And he's like, being kind of shitty. I've never met somebody on the show that causes me to have such intense like I, I love him and then I hate him like so quickly it goes back and forth completely <clears throat> he's like lovable one minute and then says some really douchey things the next and goes back and forth back and forth like I have whiplash from Jordan I mean overall I think I like him over like overall the best because 
I think he's being goaded into a lot of this, like, aggressive behavior because I think he genuinely is way nicer. And I watch his Instagram stories and I think he's, like, a nice dude. He just gets goaded into these moments. Um, and I think it's a little unfair, but whatever. He, you know, he, he has to know that he's playing the game, too, just as well as anyone else's. And that was kind of how that one ended. And then it goes back to John kissing everybody. I'm just going to mention that really briefly. He's kissing um, Annalise and Julie. Oh my god, I'm fucking this up. Sorry, John is kissing... Everyone's kissing everybody. Okay, so John is kissing Caroline and Jubilee, and then Kenny was kissing Annalise, Jacqueline, and Bibiana, who I haven't even talked about Bibiana this entire episode. She's just been chilling and, like, being everybody's life coach and not doing any romantic stuff, so she tries to make one last pass for Kenny, which basically kind of works, and Kenny's like, nah, dog, I really am into you, and let me make out with you. And we're like, what are you doing? He's making out with everybody, but you know what? Also good on him, because he didn't get enough airtime on his season with Rachel, and he seems like a really good dude, so I don't know. I feel mixed feelings about it. But it, those were the two moments with John and Kenny that you we were both, like, coming up to the rest of and you're like, who are those two men going to pick? I do not know, really. So it was kind of a suspenseful, suspenseful. I'll give um, Bachelor in Paradise producers that. And then they go to commercial, and I'm very mad because I'm like, there's only ten minutes left. How are they going to do a rose ceremony in this amount of time? Are they going to fuck us over and not have a rose ceremony for two episodes in a row? But then they do it. They come back, and they immediately Chris Harrison comes out, and he's just like, hey, let's get the fucking formation, everybody. We have to fucking do a rose ceremony. So everyone gets information, and the rose ceremony begins. Um, I do not remember the order, and I don't remember everything that quite happens, because I was definitely drinking bourbon and PBR, and drinking, no, and eating chicken nuggets. Wow, I am definitely buzzed. More buzzed than I should be for a Monday night at 10.45. Oh, boy. Um, but uh, the women who go home, because the men have the roses, and there was four women going home tonight, are, um... Caroline, Bibiana, Nisha, and um, one other one. Oh, Jacqueline, who just came in the day before, and she's going home. And it was her birthday, so that kind of sucks. Um, also, it's my birthday this weekend, everybody. If anyone in the Date Card Podcast fan group can send me a happy birthday message on Sunday the 26th, that would be amazing. I'm turning 33 years old, and that feels kind of strange. Mostly because I'm spending my free time making a pointless podcast about a really problematic show. And I should probably be using my free time to, like, do more important things or make my life better. But somehow I just wasted on this. So, yeah, I am adulting quite well. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm a very well-adjusted person, and no one should bother me about this. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, so that means that Kenny, who I was just talking about, I wasn't sure who he was going to pick. Kenny picked Annalise, so that was kind of a shocker, because she seemed like 
maybe a little bit the underdog in a way that wasn't going to win, but I guess she's the underdog in the way that does win, so that's okay. Good, good, good. I'm happy to see her continue to be on the show. She doesn't really bother me. And then John picks between Caroline and Jubilee. He picks Jubilee, which was a little bit of a surprise there too because he seemed to be making a connection with Caroline at the right end. It was kind of weird, but I also really prefer Jubilee to Caroline just because Jubilee is more interesting and, um, and John and her I think would make a really good couple. So I hope that is something that continues to happen. And that's basically the rose ceremony. We get this really intense preview for next week where we see all of our favorites come back. Um, or, well, some people's favorites. I don't know. We have Ben. We have Raven. We have Amanda. We have Ari and Lauren, who, by the way, are getting married on, like, January 12th of this coming in, in 2018. And I was thinking about today, and I need to check my math, but I think... Basically, around the middle of January is when he made the phone call to, like, tell Lauren that he was still interested in her. Um, not the first thing they reached out, because they reached out to each other on January 1st. Sorry, John Yu Ari first, when his show was premiering. But I think it was a couple weeks later before he called her again and was like, I'm really having second thoughts and I really want to be with you. So that was, like, in the middle of January that that happened. Um, I think, or at least the beginning of that, and I feel like that's why they're getting married on that day, is kind of like an anniversary of when they kind of got back together after he had proposed to Becca, and that is both really weird and kind of creepy, but also cute, um, for them, you know? And I was talking to my friend Zoe, and I think that they actually, like, really love each other, and I think they're actually going to get married, which is just kind of wild to me when you think about his story arc and where he started out and then five years later he's like getting gonna get married to his runner-up like wow it's like a mesnick all over again oh mesnick okay so uh the preview shows a lot of those people coming back i we have no idea why they came back but they have also we see scenes of leo coming in piece of shit leo comes in and I guess muddles things up a little bit for Kendall and Joe. Really hoping that they're kind of making us think it's really dramatic when it's not as dramatic as it, as it really is because I really like Joe and Kendall together and I'm going to be pretty pissed off if somebody like a Leo breaks it up between them. Uh, I, f I fear that Joe is the kind of guy who's just really traditional and if he sees his girl like kissing another guy he just like can't get over it which I think is kind of garbage and I don't really agree with that but I fear that's the way Joe is so I don't know that's gonna be interesting to see because she's there were scenes of her kissing Leo in the preview so what's that about um if you don't know Leo was accused of sexual harassment of multiple women and called out for it and he not only did that happen which you know he could he could apologize and kind of move on and show that he's grown, but instead he doubled down and was a total dickbag to Becca um, M and also a lot of women online and just acted like he shouldn't be held accountable for his actions from the past and he really kind of just made himself look like more of an um, asshole and more, more like somebody who can't be trusted and hence somebody who could potentially harass women because a lot of people men who can't be trusted are often ones that will be inappropriate with women so because they don't know how to respect boundaries 
So I'm not liking Leo at all anymore, and it sucks because I really liked his hair, and I really wanted to fuck him earlier um, in Becca's season, so goes to show that men are trash. Yes, you guessed it. Men are trash. So that's pretty much the preview. I feel like what's cut, something else happens. Somebody else comes into the island, and I can't recall. Um, it gets a little bit extra. Oh, um... <laughs> Benoit. Benoit comes and he looks like he strikes up a romantic situation with Jenna, which is going to be very heartbreaking for Jordan and I'm not sure what's going to happen. But when I saw Benoit on my TV earlier tonight, I was like, oh my god, they brought back Jean Benet. And that's, <laughs> I really called him Jean Benet, <laughs> which is like really fucked up when you think about it. Um, although some people think she's not really dead, so maybe she has, she's alive and she took the form of Benoit from Winter Games. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm excited about it and I'm excited for tomorrow's episode. I feel like tomorrow's episode is going to be way more entertaining because I'm going to have all the old people back and there's going to be other drama and I'm going to have a guest host and it's going to be so great. You guys are going to love it. Um... Let's think about what Jenna should talk about in regards to a date that she has had um, in the recent... I didn't go on any dates this week, y'all. I just basically masturbated a lot. Um, oh my, oh my, sorry, no. I had a really nice date with um, my partner, Ryan, that came over and we watched Beauty and the Beast, the live action with... Emma Watson, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I braided uh, Ryan's hair, and it was really sweet, and we had a good time together, um, so that was really nice, and we got some takeout food, um, but that wasn't a very uh, salacious uh, date to, like, talk and gossip about, so I'm not quite sure what else I should talk about. Um, I guess I'm really just going to talk about the fact that I've been really thinking that a lot of men have been very trash-like lately. There was a guy that I um, had had relations with, had sex with a couple of times a couple of years ago, and we just kind of broke it off casually. It wasn't a big deal. And then probably like six months ago or so, he hit me up and was like, you should come over to my place. Let's hang out. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, fine. Because I kind of thought that he was really charming and nice, so let's hang out. But I couldn't remember if there was, like, something kind of wrong with, like, the sex. I feel like there was something wrong with the sex, but I couldn't remember. So we go, I go to his place, and we end up having sex, and then I remember it's, like, pretty bad sex. He has a very large dick, but it's, like, doesn't really work very well, and he just, it, he wasn't, he did not at all at all touch like my clit or try to warm me up at all other than just like making out but like he wasn't really doing anything else to my body to stimulate me and he did no like foreplay and he just really is focused on like fucking but like in a way that was just I don't know and then he wanted me to like tell him how like big his dick was and how good of a fuck he was like while we were fucking and how much I missed his dick so I like played along with it because I'm just like, whatever, I just kind of want this to end. Um, and not in a sexual assault way, but I was just like, this is boring and I'm just like over it. So 
I just kind of went through the motions and we finished up and like whatever, whatever. I basically never talked to him again since then because I'm just like, I don't want to see him again. But he didn't even hit me up either, so no big deal. Flash forward to last week, I go in for an audition for a local um, auditioning company that's doing a really awesome big Hulu show. And one of the scenes that I auditioned for was for like this pool party for like plus-sized women. And I'm a kind of a plus-sized woman, so this is it was like a big deal. I come in for my audition, and who's behind the like desk at the audition room doing like the secretarial work? But this dude, and I'm like, oh my god, and he just acts like we're best buddies, and it's almost so good to see you. Oh, and he goes on and on about how he sees so many women at this audition place that he knows. Well, he he said everybody he knows. Uh, men and women, and he's just like going on and on about how cool it is to see all of his friends in here, blah blah blah. And then today he put he makes over a week and a half later he makes a long post about all the like random jobs that he's doing to like make extra money while he's unemployed. And one of the jobs is that he gets to do the it works to get to work for the audition room, and he's really proud of it, and. He, um, he's happy to, like, help out during, for this, like, this, um, acting company, acting company? Um, casting company, sorry. But here's, like, a little bit of a summary of what he wrote on his Instagram. He said, and the other day while I was on duty at the casting agency during the auditions for Fat Bikini Babes for a pool scene in this show, the waiting area was a sight to behold that day. I know and or have slept with enough actors in town that every third person through the door wants to climb over the desk and hug me. What? So gross. So he basically is insinuating that he's fucked a bunch of these people and that we all love him so much and we want to climb over the desk to hug him? Um, sorry dude, not true. And then also he totally misrepresents the audition role he says fat bikini babes and the role is for um plus size like pool party attendants where you're not necessarily wearing a bikini and no one who came into the audition room was wearing a bikini but he categorized that to like paint this picture of these of fat women wearing bikinis but that he also made them very objectified in the statement by saying they were like babes and like he was it was a sight to behold you know looking at all these fat babes and it's like okay that's creepy I don't know that's creepy and it was like really rubbed me the wrong way to read that post today because I know I was one of the many actors he's had sex with that he loved seeing during that audition day for all the fat ladies and I'm like you're such a piece of shit and you're not even good at sex. He thinks he's good at sex. A big dick does not equal good sex, okay? Fuck off. Anyway, that's pretty much my date story of the, the week for date pod. And I think this podcast should probably end. Maybe it should have ended 30 minutes ago. I don't know. Whatever. Write me a letter. Tell me, tell me some stuff if I need to make it better. Please do excuse this episode, though, because I am tired and I am somehow drunker than I expected, um, so I apologize for that, 
but if you are going to give me a comment or review, make it slightly gentle because I love you and I really need this. I know I say it every week, man, I really, really need this. <laughs> um, uh, please follow the podcast at DayCardPod on Instagram. Please follow it on Twitter at DayCardPodcast. You can follow me, Jenna with a smile, at Jenna with a smile on all of the social media platforms. Um, in regards to the Instagram platform for um, Day Card Pod, uh, we've been killing it lately. I made a meme about Colton the other day that now has over 400 likes and four reposts. So pretty exciting. Also made some really good memes about Chris as well last week and I hope you guys like them. Um, please like and share the podcast. Please like and share my memes and like just fucking have a good night y'all. Um, love you and we'll see you tomorrow. Mwah.